We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And today, as always, I am joined by Sean Siegel. I'm also joined by Blair Andrews. We did try and link this up last week, gentlemen, for a rerun of our team from 2021, where we came second place in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament. We're trying to go one better here today. We rounded up the wagons again, and uh, we're going for it. For, from the 107, we are joined by Blair Andrews also. And Blair, the other keynote is Sean is fantastic at team names, as I'm sure you well know at this point. Last year's team was named Unauthorized Cinnamon, so... I had to uh, run it back with that as well. So unauthorized cinnamon have made their selection from the first pick. We were on the clock again today. This is a running theme of our drafts this week, Sean, but we did take, who did we take, Sean? We took Kyle Pitts because he is going to be the tournament winner in all formats this season. All formats, not just tight end premium? Well, I mean, (laughs) if he's... If he crushes everybody in tight end premium, he's going to be a pretty big weapon in regular formats as well. Yeah, and when we were on the clock making that selection, we missed the Sean Siegel filibuster at that point, but we also talked about some players that we do like, uh, and some of them are still going to be available here. Hopefully when it comes back to us, you could go the direction of the players that we talked about, Blair. Blair mentioned Saquon Barkley as a potential target. He has been going at the back end here of round one into round two, so he would probably be an ideal scenario to come back to us. Who, Blair, are you thinking of the, maybe let's give us three names that we're hoping that gets back to us here in the mid-second round. Yeah, well, I mean, if Saquon or DeAndre Swift made it back to us, I think that would be pretty amazing. I don't think those guys are falling that late very often. Um, Today's the day. Barkley goes, as I say that. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) C.D. Lamb goes. He was the other one I was going to name um maybe if mark andrews makes it back that would be an interesting start double tight end maybe to kick things off the reason we take pets there that was shown the exact spot we had in the main event uh, that we did last week we took kyle pets at that spot so i thought why not 107 we'll run back the pretty much same roster at that point travis kelsey goes off the board one pick before the dream scenario there is always that jamar chase kind of will slide back to you at the 
107 but it hasn't happened here sean any other names really standing out for you feels like swifter andrews probably are my two primary candidates then you're into kind of the debo samuel tier of, of wide receivers at that point anyone else standing oh the other the other guy i'll mention here the big dog could be in play if derrick henry makes it there as well so who do you want sean yeah blair and i actually do have some shares of derrick henry his price in the second round of some drafts and especially in some of the superflex drafts where running backs are a little bit more powerful relative to starting lineup position i do like him there i think he's getting really heavily discounted i i don't think there's any excuse for derrick henry to be going behind joe mixon for example we're now one pick away he is still there i think that alvin Kamara and javante williams are interesting picks if we do end up getting in a situation where we don't really like any of the receivers you mentioned that we took pits at the 107 last week i mean when you get stuck in the situation where jamar chase goes fifth and then austin eckler who probably would have been the other legitimate choice goes sixth then you just want to make the same selection you want to win both tournaments now unfortunately here cd lamb has not fallen to us Najee harris who uh, he's the player i see go at the widest range early on he gets picked in the mid first he falls into the mid second i still don't have any real interest in him here i mean tyreek hill would, would maybe be my other selection i don't feel like any of the priority targets and you know specifically from the list i put out last week especially in terms of adp values i don't think there's anything here well, we can't just skip the pick so we are on the clock we've missed out on swift henry mark andrew cd lamp saquon barkley have been the last five picks blair 20 seconds to go is there a name here that really stands out for you um javante is someone sean mentioned that i'd be happy with so we'll take javante williams there he's the guy who has just such a great path to being next year's 101 right we think about what he did last season all the points that he put up in almost a pure timeshare almost 50 50 with melvin gordon i think that melvin gordon is still going to be involved this year he his numbers his peripherals fantastic in 2021 well very strong in 2021 they were fantastic in 2020 he's a guy who is still playing at a very very high level i think that this is much more an aaron jones aj dylan situation than perhaps the prices on gordon suggest and in some ways even the prices <laughs> on jones and williams suggest at the same time if he pushes this to a 65 35 you're starting to get into a range where he has that individual week upside even in a committee that is very very playable and then once he steals the job you know once they get in this environment where you're playing the chiefs you're playing the Chargers, you're playing the raiders and you have no margin for error and you're out there in the third and fourth quarters they need to score points they need to score touchdowns I mean, this could be that Jonathan Taylor situation. Right now, the Colts are talking again. Oh, we're going to use Hines. We're going to use Hines. That works great until the first bullets are fired and you have one of the best players in the entire NFL and you need to have him on the field, right? So we could see that from Williams. If anything does happen, obviously Melvin Gordon, a little bit of an older back at this point. If he gets dinged up, Javante Williams is that good. We expect the Denver's Bronco, Denver Broncos offense to be that good. If Taylor and McCaffrey struggle to stay healthy, you could be looking at Javante Williams as the 101 in 2023 drafts. I'm glad, Sean, that you made the pitch there to make me feel better that we had to take Javante Williams in the mid-second round. That's made me feel a lot more optimistic. 
Well, in our most recent Stealing Bananas main event, Ben and I got some Javante there. And again, I mean, you want to win both contests, so so why not spread it around? You want to get, get that share. Yeah, you know, when you don't have any other good options, it's a little bit like the quarterback dynamic. You take those stars when things get flat. If you have someone that maybe you don't like at the price or you don't exactly like in a vacuum, but everything else is flat and you see the upside, that's where you would take a Javante Williams. We can't change the fact that we got the 107 and the 206 is also not great if the rest of the draft is efficient. Now, we've been lucky enough that most of the time someone more exciting than Williams falls. That wasn't the case here. It's still a very exciting one-two start. You have second-year players at positions where those guys could easily become the best players in the NFL at tight end, at running back in the very short term. Yeah, no, no, I am joking. I haven't got to draft a huge amount of Javante myself this kind of summertime into the the start of the season. It just felt like a little bit of a letdown there because Swift and Henry, I kind of thought that somebody might try and take Harris there. But you mentioned the wide range of spots that he tends to go. He had fallen past his ADP there, but he goes one slot after our pick. So we will see here what the options are when we are on the comeback. It has been quite heavy at the running back position so far through the draft. We only have two teams starting off wide receiver, wide receiver. The team in one and two have now gone running back, wide receiver, wide receiver to kick things off. So our hope here is that somebody out of the T. Higgins, DJ Brown, or DJ Moore, sorry, kind of field falls back to us. Have you a preference between those guys if, say, both were available? And have you anyone else that's in the mix for you at that particular spot, Blair? Yeah, the guy that I'm probably most... In, oh, there he goes. T. Higgins was the name I was going to say, but he just got drafted. Uh, I definitely like more, and um, I think Waddle's price is probably a little bit too low, although he's a bit of a reach here, but I'm kind of okay with that. So we're one pick away, Sean. I think more for me is the, the pick if he makes it one pick more here, please. Is he the pick for you if he does get to us, Sean? Well, at Mike Williams, I think that he is the guy who should be generating the type of enthusiasm that we're tending to get from players like Allen Robinson and Michael Pittman. I know Blair's not quite as high on him because he was willing to trade him to me in one of our dynasty leagues recently. I think that Gabriel Davis, knowing that he's unlikely to come back in 406, I mean, that works a lot better if you had the Jamar Chase start there. You know, Without that, it probably isn't nearly as much of a need to reach for him i have moved him up on my rankings consistently throughout the offseason i think that even though his price has been inflated by all of these week 17 plays and the fact that he ties in nicely with josh allen all of those types of things uh, that's what's pushed his adp up in so many of these best ball formats and then we anchor to that at the same time davis is actually a potential superstar right in that type of offense and so I think with Williams and Davis, pretty easy plays kind of pivoting off of the enthusiasm for teams like the Rams. I'm good with Davis as well if you want that. And actually, I don't have a lot of Mike Williams, so maybe if uh, maybe this is the time to get some exposure. On the other hand, Waddle gives us another year two player. <laughs> Who do you want, Blair? Uh, I guess Davis would be my pick. I find Davis, like we've taken Davis now, so I'll give my thought on it. I find Davis a little optimistic in, at this range of drafts. And I know that's where he goes, but I'm always willing to take the other three names that we talked about over Davis. So I'm hoping that Blair's right on this one. I'm going to defer to Blair. But, if you know, these are some of the times when... Yeah, Blair, I think, don't blow it. Yeah. 
<laughs> pressure's on. I'm hoping that one of those other guys make it back to us now that we touched on uh, already, but we'll see how that plays out. But there, DJ Moore goes off the board. He he would have been my my call there. So it'll be fun at the end of the season when we're picking up the the check that Blair will be able to say, I told you so. And uh, Gabe Davis will be the smash. Well, I have so many shares of Jalen Waddle in the mid to late fourth that I'm okay on passing on him in the mid third. In terms of my rankings, he's been an easy value there almost all offseason. I have gotten a little bit more optimistic about Tyreek Hill. He's had a great training camp. Obviously, the Dolphins have a lot of incentive to make that trade look good. I mean, if, if Waddle is who we think that he is, I mean, they picked him early. They had incentive last year to make that pick look good. But it's, it, in a lot of ways, emotionally, you get in these situations where the front office to justify their situations, to keep their jobs, you need that most recent decision to look good. And so I do think they will go a lot through Tyreek Hill. Hill also in that situation where he was flukily bad last year in terms of his deep connection with Patrick Mahomes. That's given him a little bit of cover to actually make some negative comments about Mahomes as a deep thrower. We think that that part is silly, but we know that obviously Hill can still get deep. He became a little bit trendier when he does catch that deep pass in the preseason. We've watched that dynamic with both Kyle Pitts and Tyreek Hill. For neither of those players, was there any question about whether they had big playability? But when you're in a little bit different situation with Hill obviously changing teams, with Pitts having a quarterback that people don't believe in, it was nice to see those plays. I mean, Jalen Waddle caught a lot of passes last year, did he not? Blair, as a top 10 pick rookie sounds right he's the sort of profile we definitely want to want to be targeting i think you would like to probably see more efficiency from his rookie season but i mean it's hard to hard to argue with what he did on a on a dolphins team that was really pretty bad last year yeah so i'm hoping that he gets back to us here but i'm not not overly optimistic we have a few names in the queue jill waddle deontay johnson jerry judy uh maybe even juju smith schuster in this range of the draft and i'm really hoping that we do get waddle is there somebody blair who you add into the mix that i haven't mentioned there at this point amon ross st brown is pretty intriguing to me in the range that is coming up maybe that that would be a little early for him but he's someone i'm i'm happy to draft around here um george kittle looking like a pretty good value although we do have pits yeah, maybe it's not that good a value on Kittle, but Waller went in the third, which messes things up. And Waddles after and off the board, which hurts a little bit as well. Uh, Sean, how are you feeling here? Uh, I, I know I joked after the Williams start, and I think we can get this going, but feels a little bit of a underwhelming at the start of the first three picks <laughs> for, for me personally. I feel like this isn't the draft I thought I was going to have to <laughs> defend the second place non-title. We were the first losers last year. <laughs> this year, we're just going to be losers is how long was early analysis. I think Deontay Johnson yeah. should be going earlier. He was at the 212 in the MFL 10 of death. That might be a tad bit early in the mid-fourth. Seems kind of silly. I think that Jerry Judy is a great pick here as well. Amon Ra, someone who has been rising. It's almost like it took to the very last couple of weeks of the offseason to where drafters were really ready to say, look, I mean, 
he was maybe the best receiver in football over the final month. He's going to take a step in year two. I still think the target competition there could be pretty tricky at this price. You could say that as well for Johnson and Judy. So all three of those players, somewhat similar in terms of the thesis. I wouldn't expect any of them to come back. I would be Deontay Johnson. What about you, Blair? I'm good with Johnson. I feel like we keep getting Johnson in the fourth round because we pass on Waddle and DJ Moore in the third round. Is that the that's my feeling over the last week, Sean? How are you feeling about that thesis? Well, I mean, all of those guys are going in that range. And it's one reason I think you can reach a little bit in round three if you don't like the guys who normally go there, because there are about four players in round four and arguably two players in round five who are at least as good a value as the players going in round three. And what I mean there is that they're at least as good a selection straight up. And so once you get them in rounds four and five, fantastic prices at that point, but you can only take one of them in each round. And so if you want some teams with more than the player that you can get by picking once in each round, then you have to reach a little bit and it's fine. I don't think that it hurts you now. I mean, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Gabe Davis. I think that those are probably tilted a little bit to the median outcome in favor of the two guys that we didn't draft. And yet the ceiling may still go in our favor. I like DJ Moore. His peripherals are fantastic. He's just a a flat out, a very good reality player. That's the type of player you want to have on your team. I'm not convinced that Baker Mayfield is the guy that takes him to the truly elite level. Whereas Davis and Mike Williams, I mean, those guys are catching passes from Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. They have the overall profiles to be alpha receivers. They've got the side. They've got the size. They can get down the field. They can score touchdowns. Their quarterbacks have the massive arms. Their teams are going to score a ton of points. That's the question that we have here with Deontay Johnson is, will he be that? You look at Amon Ross St. Brown. Can he do that with Jared Goff, especially when DJ Chark has had a nice camp, when TJ Hawkinson is very good, when we know they're going to dump some passes off to DeAndre Swift, and when Jamison Williams is going to come and probably emerge during the fantasy playoffs. I mean, there's scenarios. There are scenarios where that works out for St. Brown. Maybe he gets a lot of defensive attention this year. And then when Williams is running some of those vertical routes late in the season, the volume is there for him. He goes to this team that's building a really cool roster out of the 104. Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I was actually wondering if Blair was also drafting that roster. I thought that could be a, a Blair. That's why he gave us Gabe Davis. He's like, no, I gotta I'm gonna take <laughs> it down with he also took T. Higgins on the side. I have a feeling Blair's drafting two teams in the same draft here, and he's just keeping the best one for himself. Have to but, watch uh, out, Blair. They, that's not legal. Yeah. <laughs> it, see how the teams turn out, and then you choose which one you're going to go with. Yeah, that's what we're going to do here. So it'll be fun. I, I really do hope this team like really smashes this year, and people can listen back to this episode when this team is really in the final in the final week and, and hear my enthusiasm after the, the first four rounds. But something I am very enthusiastic about is since we made our selection Deontay Johnson has been Justin Herbert James Conner Amon Ross and Brown who we touched on then has been Patrick Mahomes Ezekiel Elliott AJ Dillon then it went Chris Godwin Brandon Cook so we do see some wide receivers going off the board TJ Hawkinson goes off the board after that but that has also given us a possibility that Jerry Judy for example who we touched on may sneak back to us here Judy Smith-Schuster's there I know Sean we talked about Rashad Bateman in one of our recent drafts DK Metcalf Darnell Mooney are all wide receivers in this range there's actually a possibility that over these next two picks, we may get two of those guys. So we are one pick away. 
I'll wait to her on the clock and then then we'll see. But uh, how are you feeling, Sean, about this particular selection? I think we're set now. I, I mean, I'm getting a lot more enthusiastic. I'll tell you that much. Good, good. <laughs> I, I'm taking Judy early because I want to get them both, but. <sighs> I don't know. We'll watch the first week of the season and the Ravens will run the ball 45 times and the three passes they throw will be Mark Andrews. But I mean, I might even be higher on Rashad Bateman in a vacuum than Jerry Judy. I love both of these options. Okay. I'm good with both of them, but I think I probably take Judy first and then see if Bateman makes it back. How are you feeling Blair? I'm good with either of those options. Um, probably lean toward Judy as well. Yeah, I like I like the way that last uh, kind of twelve picks have have really played out. Terry McLaurin and Dallas Goddard also went in the meantime before it came back to us. So we had a, a stretch kind of from the two players that I, I know you mentioned Amon Ross and Brown as well on that last selection. But you know between Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, and Amon Ra, and we get two of those guys, which is is fantastic. We have a bit of time to get to our next pick now, but the players in the queue I have are Bateman, who we touched on, who would be a dream scenario if he makes it back to us. I've drafted a lot of DK Metcalf this year, and I've drafted quite a bit of Darnell Mooney. They're usually my priority targets in this zone of the draft, but you also get into the kind of elite rushing quarterback tier as well here. Have you any other names, uh, Blair, that you want us to add into the queue here ahead of the, the middle of the sixth round? I don't think so. As we watch Lamar Jackson go off the board, he was someone who would have been interesting if he had made it back. Obviously, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts are are almost almost in that same tier perhaps um but i'm really hoping the guys that are in our queue will make it back <laughs> okay and sean mentioned that he is the preference obviously for bitman um i, I would have bitman ahead of metcalf and i have uh, bitman has just gone unfortunately um i was going to ask you between the three of those have you bitman as a clear ahead of them and then out of metcalf and mooney have you a preference probably uh metcalf but that's more of a toss-up to me. At this point now, when we're down to two options, I'm just hoping that one of them makes it back. Uh, Sean, anyone else for you to, to slot in here? Damien Pierce has continued his ascent. <laughs> He's in this zone, but you've made me draft a running back in the second round, so I don't want to draft a running back for a long time. Right, so we're getting into the range where I think that Brandon Ayuk, Drake London, and Devontae Smith are good selections. I might like those guys pretty evenly with Metcalf and Mooney to where taking either Hertz or Murray is maybe appealing in that it doesn't always set up that those guys are the best options. I have a ton of Joe Burrow and a ton of Trey Lance because they're that little bit less expensive that does matter a lot. I have had quite a few drafts recently too, where I've really pushed it at QB and missed. I'm not necessarily looking to add a best ball tournament team here that is weak at the quarterback position. The three of us drafted sort of a fun team last week. That you're, you're, you're talking about the team that uh, we drafted yesterday, which we took Trey Lance and then nobody to the 19th round. Sounds like that's you... that is that's true. Colin. You need you after you draft Trey Lance. No, that was our that was our theory. You just Trey Lance is a one man wrecking crew. So we then selected Malik Willis and Sam Howell because we expect both of those guys to be starting in the fantasy playoffs and they could be, I mean, they would be top eight quarterbacks if they were starting with those profiles. 
still on board with the rookie QBs. We're not going to get off of that until, you know, I mean, it's just going to fade away too. This is one where you almost can't be wrong because it'll be a weird deal where somehow they don't ever start and you just never know. And you can't be proven wrong. Those are, those are the really good bets to get on. We see Elijah Moore go here a couple of picks ahead of us. Darnell Mooney also, Oh, DK Metcalf. So that does actually fit quite nicely with my preferred option of a quarterback. Do you have a preference between Murray and Hertz on a on a team where we don't have any of their uh, receivers? Yeah. One option is you could you could you could get Hertz here and then get Smith in the next round, but you could also get Dirt the opposite way and get Hertz and then get or sorry Lance and then get Ayuk, but you could end up getting none of them. So I I don't really have a strong preference at this point of the draft. I have a lot of Hertz, and I think that he could finish at the very top more glowing reports on him again yesterday murray has maybe in some ways more paths and even more upside blair you're the you're the third man who got us there last time you make the pick i would go murray in a vacuum we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. But you could go either way. Oh, it's Mary. That's what happens we were at four when seconds, five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Murray in a vacuum. And then as I was clicking, I heard the butt. If I had heard the butt, I would have switched because, I mean, you still have four more seconds. That's the whole point. Right. What, what, what was your second uh, part of that sentence going to be? It was, it was going to be like, I think they're close. So I don't have a strong preference here. I mean, 
I guess I would have Murray even maybe in a tier above Hertz just uh, just because we know that offense is probably going to throw a lot, and he also has that rushing upside. Blair, your rankings are not currently up on the site, so this is a good time to give you some friendly ribbing about that. Yeah. Um, it, just because you don't want drafters to be following that close to your picks, is that the situation you're like, I won so much money the last two years. They're going to need to pay a little bit more if I want to put my rankings up on the site. I have, to, I have to maintain that advantage. That's right. No, it's it's more laziness than uh, than strategic. But we're working off very those. hard behind the scenes, so we know it's not laziness. There is a lot to do right now, and we appreciate everything that Blair is doing, including guest appearing on our show today, Joe Burrow does not come back what where's everybody on the double qb at this point everyone's still in on trey lance after the third preseason game yeah i'm definitely on trey lance um the other quarterback that again they're you know we're looking the only other probably stackable options gonna be russell wilson at this point but i'm i'm open to just you know not not stacking the one thing i will say is blair's team out of the spot four is looking amazing at this point um, they have now added Joe Burrow with T. Higgins to Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Amon Ross and Brown and Marquise Brown. So we have got stiff competition here. But I, I'm open to when we come back here. Obviously, it depends who's available. But I, I do like the tier that you mentioned of Ayuk, London and Smith. I would be open to Trey Lance as well at that point. But I feel with what we've done so far, I'm probably leaning to one of those wide receivers over the, the quarterback in the next round. Um, how are you feeling about that player? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that if none of those three get back, then I'm definitely good with with uh, going Lance if he, if he makes it back. But my preference would probably be London, Ayuk, Smith in that order. Yeah, I've got a lot of teams with Judy recently. And Wilson is the perfect way to play that at QB with Judy. The fact that he goes a little bit later than these other quarterbacks makes it an easier play. And yet I haven't been able to execute it more or less once because he is in that range right with those wide receivers. He's currently going at the 7-8 turn, which means you, if you have Judy in the middle, you're going to have to take him in the seventh most of the time. Obviously, if you're at the 7-8 turn, you're still following through the middle of the eighth round on occasion. But I just don't think that you can take him in the seventh. He has lost the hybrid element to his profile that makes him very reliant on uh, this through-the-air element to Sutton, Judy, Alberto, KJ Hamler. We may see that again, but there are so many other ways to play it less expensively. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, even Kirk Cousins, especially if you have justin fields and then you have justin i mean especially if you have justin jefferson and then you have justin fields as the later additional hybrid option so it's frustrating to me i guess that he's priced correctly because our teams load up on players that we think the prices are a little bit off and unfortunately if the price is fair you're not going to have a lot because you're drafting players who have a lot of upside at their price throughout these builds yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. And um, yeah, the seven, eight turn makes that a little bit tricky, but we are going to have some options at the wide receiver position. I'm open to going wide receiver here and then seeing if either Lance or Russell Wilson come back to us in the, 
the eighth round is probably the way I'd be willing to risk it here. I'm good with that. I think that after Lance's third preseason game, you've seen his price slipping a little bit. Um, we also were able to get Wilson in the eighth in the draft we did uh, with Mike Leone and Dave Cabin on the uh, Fantasy Football Report, I believe. So, How do you feel, Sean? We're still not on the clock. We're waiting here for this pick. but Yeah, we're not on the clock yet, but I think it has to be Ayuk or Smith. Smith becomes a little bit less exciting without Hurts, but not that much because one of the things that we're looking at with the Eagles offense, one of the reasons why we like it so much is it has all of these elite talents and you don't necessarily have to play them together because of the rushing element that Hurts brings. They're all very good pivots off of each other. I don't think that you want to have a lot of them on the same team like you might want with the Bills or a Bengals, but individually they have so much smash upside. I was hoping it could be Ayuk and then there would be at least a small chance that Lance would fall. That would be a nice pairing, even though, again, the 49ers are a very similar type of play to the Eagles where you don't have to have those guys stacked up on teams. You just want a little bit of exposure. I'm still on Smith here. Blair, is that your pick? Yeah. No, and and this here, I, I'm I'm bringing up the questions of bye weeks and all these drafts, players. So I'm interested in your thoughts. Uh, in that situation, Ayuk has a week nine bye, but we already have three guys on week nine. Would have brought us to four, and we're thinking about getting Russell Wilson in the next, which would have brought us to five. Have you any concerns in these drafts over loading up on too much on the one bye week, or is your thoughts that if everyone's off that week, you'll be getting them all as options <laughs> the other weeks? Yeah, I don't usually put a lot of, uh, I don't think about that a lot at running back and wide receiver in particular, um, just because I figure I'm going to be able to fill up, you know, fill out those positions with other bye weeks later, even though, you know, having a lot of your top guys on the same bye week does potentially hurt you for uh, for that week. But it's not something that I, um, you know, get really. It's not something that I'm particularly concerned about. Okay. Are you particularly concerned that we have had a run of quarterbacks of Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott? Yeah, that was a bummer. I'm concerned that uh, we won't get won't get any of our guys. Although, uh, I think we still have some options here. Yeah, I think well about. I, I I didn't want to pass on. Devontae Smith when the option was there so um Sean in hindsight would you have still taken Devontae Smith over one of those quarterback options yes because Justin Fields is still a better pick than any of those players the problem that we run into over and over with Fields is that he goes you go after it and miss then you're into a world of hurt we had the draft yesterday the day before where we were going to pick him in round 10. He goes one spot ahead of us. Everybody else wiped out. Having to get the two quarterbacks in best ball does create a fun dynamic because you actually have to do it. You can't just sit there and say, oh, you know, at some point we'll address it. You get outside the window and then you continue to not really want to address it because the options are bad. And so from that perspective, I know you have to kind of balance the aggressiveness and the courage to wait and make sure you're not overdrafting the quarterbacks you want to get them on some teams at a good value but especially at this 125 dollar price point you don't want to be drafting too many dead teams either next question i'm going to bring up is our options usually in this zone are going to be some of those 
your running back candidates, the likes of uh, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, go in this zone, wide receiver-wise, Kadarius Tony is in this range. But with having taken Kyler Murray at the point we did, have we any interest here in DeAndre Hopkins? This is someone that I have uh, mostly been avoiding. Um, Because I think, well, yeah, it's tricky because obviously he's going to miss those weeks. And, you know, you also have concerns about whether he's going to be the same player we've, you know, he was a couple years ago, even when he comes back. So I've been wanting to get a really good price on him if I do draft him. And I'm not, you know, the eighth round is maybe fine, but I would like to get him even cheaper. Okay, that takes us into the question, are we looking at a second running back at this point? This is a flat round for receiver it starts to be the first round that's pretty exciting specifically in this best ball ffpc format at running back the receivers that we're really looking at i would think would be in the 10th pickens is now going pickens and sky Moore are going at the end of nine but they can fall into 10 obviously Traylon burks middle of 10 rondell Moore late 10 he's the reason that i don't have much deandre hopkins in addition to what blair mentioned because if you push Hopkins and miss you can still select Rondell Moore I think that's the better way to play it and and maybe even straight up and then you wrap into mid 11 and you can get Romeo you go into 12 and you can get Garrett Wilson I think with those options and with no clear options in round eight this is almost always a Rashad Penny Devin Singletary type of range for me the only problem is that those guys are such good values that you do end up with such heavy exposure we know that either of them could lose their workload. We know either of them could get hurt. So there are some downsides. But again, when we're drafting a team here to try and win the whole thing, you're not going to pivot off of the best values just because there are ways that could not work out. Agreed. Um, so no, it's just I wanted to talk through just in case that was an option. Um, then we have basically Penny and Singletary are probably the two preferred options. Blair, do you want to make the, the call? Let's go Penny. I was waiting for Sean to drop in about the Arizona side of things that we would just take Trey McBride later as well. So I thought that was going to come in as well at some point. Kyle Pitts and Trey McBride, you play that week 17. Falcons, <laughs> Cardinals, you got the two tight ends, tight ends in football at that point. I don't know. I mean, obviously the Trey McBride bet is a little left fieldish at this point, at least based on the price. Not a, not too many other people are making it. Fortunately for me, all of my co-drafters are very much on board at the price. I mean, in round 20, what do you have to lose? Well, the roster spot, you want to make sure you are using all 20 to the best possible value. I love, I love this team, guys. I I, I mean, at the this optimism point, is because, growing. Yeah, I mean, because Ken Walker is currently on the shelf it's easy to forget about him and and think okay i mean penny is is the guy he is one of i'd say about five picks seem to be the clearest screaming values in drafts i do wish i had a little or walker as well because you draft him a guy with his profile and speed talking about you know perhaps a poor man's jamal charles and with the penny health risk i mean you can talk yourself back on the other side i wish i had more walker but penny garrett wilson uh, blair who are the other players that you 
I just almost have to force yourself sometimes not to take because they're undervalued by three or four rounds. And if you were purely going by your board, you'd start to get like 75% exposure. <laughs> well, I am probably close to 75% exposure on, on, um, you know, Benjamin, but in terms of guys that are going a little bit like in a range that are more meaningful. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is actually getting close to that, but I'm happy to have him here. I'm just going to ask Blair, is that really not you that's drafting that team in spot four? <laughs> it's, it's really not me. Oh my. They get Singletary there. I'm just going to keep oh, an eye on that. If it were me, I wouldn't have said we should draft Kyler because I would have wanted him for this Marquise Brown. Yeah, for the start Kyler's there. Back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, pretty fun team. But I do think that it's the draft is falling. Even there's a pl- few, few players we did miss out on that we might have wanted, but we're having options, which is always a good sign when we have those different potential options at this point of the draft. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Hop- Hopkins goes at the the back end of or the the start sorry of the ninth round at the eight nine turn. I am starting to feel the optimism, you know, flowing through my body as we progress through this draft. Uh, we have Kyle Pitts, we have Javante Williams, we have Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson, Jer- Jerry Judy, Kyler Murray, Devontae Smith, Rashad Penny. So I think at this point we're probably in the range of what we normally are kind of looking for um sean mentioned some of the wide receiver targets that will be available through the next kind of four rounds or so i think getting a, another one or two wide receivers onto this roster over the next three or four picks would would start to to really start to flesh it out nicely so hopefully it's gonna be an exciting run here blair how are you feeling about this team as a contender to the two hundred thousand dollar top prize I think this team has a a really good shot. One thing that was so notable about the finals last year was that all but one team had Mark Andrews. And I'm really looking forward to Kyle Pitts being that that player this year who you have to have to make the finals. Something that obviously we talk about uniqueness at times as well, but you know, I have seen it pointed out on social media over the last couple of days, Kyle Pitts sometimes going as high as the 104 in some of these drafts. But I do think it is going to be a situation where people probably aren't taking pits where we've taken them here to pair with somebody like Javante Williams, which gives you a you know, pretty unique roster straight away from how you've taken those guys. So we are two picks away. Blair, what are you looking at here? And then we'll get Sean to, to give his 60-second talk while on the clock. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I like... Um... Damian Harris at the top of our queue, although, um, you know, I think you can make a case for some of these receivers a little bit early than than where they normally go, like Sky Moore and George Pickens. Um, This has been a pretty, uh, you know, quarterback-heavy draft so far, so we might also want to look at Aaron Rodgers. Larry, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers there. Do you have him considerably above Justin Fields? No, not not far above Justin Fields. Um, you know, like you mentioned, I don't have my rankings up, and I also don't really have them anywhere. So, <laughs> so maybe I just got drafted as well. Yeah, it, it has been a very quarterback heavy draft so far, um, but we are on the clock, Sean. So I'm, we'll touch on quarterback after this, but I think we. We probably go here with either Sky Moore or Damian Harris. Have you any other options you want to put in the mix? 
Well, I don't think he's necessarily the right play, but George Pickens is the other guy who is pretty exciting. I still think that his path to targets probably isn't the same as Moore and definitely not there like it is for Traylon Burks, who even after a horrific offseason, it still looks like he's probably going to be the main guy for the Titans. They're going to load him up as much as they can. We do have uh, Deontay Johnson's the other thing, Todd, there. I don't know if that matters. Let's go Sky Moore. Nine seconds. That's the assertiveness that we're looking for, Blair, in these sort of situations. We go Sky Moore. Sean, who was your... I was between Sky Moore and Damian Harris. I was going to see how you did the, the tiebreaker to break it. So Blair goes with Sky Moore. Who would you have went with there, Sean? I was going to select Damian Harris. I think especially in best ball, he's going to score a lot of points. I think that this patriots offense perhaps gets off to a slow start i mean they're installing something new they've got young players they've got a young quarterback they've had some unfortunate injuries i was really excited to see tyquan thornton it sounded like he probably was the biggest playmaker that they had in camp obviously we know that Ramondre stevenson is uh, probably on the verge of stardom right and yet harris definitely in line for that role the price that you're getting on him is simply fantastic right and i think that this is a scenario where even if stevenson takes a step forward this could be a 1a 1b i don't necessarily think that the patriots backs should be that much less expensive than say the packers backs are you look at the patriots they scored the second most points at the running back position in all of football last year they have the injury to well they have the retirement first of james white and then it looked like ty montgomery was going to play maybe a meaningful role and now it's a little bit less clear with his injury i think you know still seemingly minor injury there's the assumption that those touches go to stevenson and yet stevenson and harris very similar in terms of profile they've talked about not giving away basically what the play is with their personnel this year and if they alternate drives and harris gets his receiving ep numbers up it's just going to be very hard for him not to be a big contributor, especially in best ball, unless the offense just flat out breaks entirely, which is a possibility anytime you're doing something new. But when you have a lot of talented players and you have a head coach like Bill Belichick, I think that mitigates concern about the extreme downside scenario to an extent. Now, having said that, you know we've, we've got Javante Williams, we've got Rashad Penny, Wide receiver really shuts off completely once Garrett Wilson and Romeo Dubs are gone. Now, they go fairly late, but you do need to have that position locked up. You start trying to get some really late picks at it, and running backs are just so much stronger at the end of draft. So we want to make sure we're ready to do that. Sky Moore sets us up to be able to take advantage of all that value late. And like Blair said, you know, we've got to select Eno Benjamin. So we, uh, we will leave it there for this part of the draft. We're going to see if Damian Harris sneaks back to us here when we get into the 10th round. But we'll be back for part two. That will be dropping tomorrow on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. Come back, check it out there. It's myself, Blair Andrews, Sean Siegel, chasing down $200,000. We'll be back with another episode. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.